Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson and Pastor Keith Radke of Redemption Hill Church in Eagle Mountain, Utah. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it's our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Now, let's join Pastor Steve and Pastor Keith for today's conversation. Welcome again to Shouts of Grace Radio. This is Pastor Keith Radke here in studio with Pastor Steve Pearson. We both have the privilege of serving at Redemption Hill Church in Eagle Mountain, Utah, and we are glad to have you with us on today's broadcast. How are you doing today, Pastor Steve? As always, man, I am doing great. I love doing this. This is I do awesome. too. Boy, what a blessing it is to have uh, an opportunity just to share what God's teaching us and to open His Word and to hopefully speak to, uh, you know, people at the right time as you tune into the radio. Um, it is definitely a privilege, and, and we're glad to be able to have uh, a partnership with Key Radio uh, here for Shouts of Grace as well. You know, Pastor Steve, uh, about a month ago, you wrote uh, a post for um, Redemption Hill Church's Facebook page on the character traits of a good leader. Um, you you started with 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 18, to, to launch into the signs of a good leader. I'm specifically talking about before they actually become a good leader or become a leader. And uh, and so you said in this article, Behold, I've seen the son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, David, who is skillful in playing, a man of valor, a man of war, prudent in speech, and a man of good presence, and the Lord is with them. And you uh, you use that scripture to kind of break down um, five points on, on uh, what a good leader looks like. And it is very true that a good leader begins before they actually become a leader. That's right. You know, um, Scripture talks about, um, when it comes to leadership, Scripture would talk about proving oneself, right? Um, it's something that that um, we don't, just don't step on to, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, we don't just step on to the stage of a play, right? And, and we just assume a part. There's a lot of practice, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of preparation before the actual performance takes place, right? And when it comes to God utilizing leaders, the same is true. God shapes and God hones and he hones character and mm-hmm. he, he fashions and he molds them far before they ever take their place as a leader. And those things are evident. Those things, you know, as, as pastors of, of a local church at Redemption Hill, um, we would never just go lay hands on somebody where we didn't see the character traits of the molding and shaping of God in their mm-hmm. life. Now, we're certainly not looking for perfection, but we are looking for many things in some of which are mentioned here. And, and, and mind, mind you, this is David before he really takes off. Saul is, Saul is being rejected as king. It is said earlier on in the chapter that, that God looks at the heart while man looks at the outward. And then we're introduced to this section of scripture where as Saul is rejected, um, he starts looking for somebody to surround himself with to kind of play him some music to make him feel better in his misery, right? Mm-hmm. And and this man, David, is chosen. And there's some things that are said that seem to be indicators that these are the reason he was chosen to surround the king, right? They're qualities that, that were 
the king wasn't just going to choose anybody. And so I like these qualities because, um, as you had mentioned, there are five of them that he mentions there. And the first one he says is that he was skillful in playing. Um, you know, a lot of us have, we have natural talents and we have natural gifts, right? And, and there are things that, that when somebody is good at something, when an athlete is good at something, here's what speaks from behind the scenes. They have practiced. They have right. really committed themselves to honing that skill. And, and, and as a result, they become good, great, excellent, the best, right? Mm-hmm. And so what I like about this as a, as a quality in a leader, Keith, is when we're looking for somebody is we want to look at somebody who has really put their all in to the Lord. That, that, that means, you know, Colossians would say, everything that I do, let it be done unto the Lord. So, so it's, it's the guy that paints the underneath of the porch that nobody's going to see. Right. It's, it's the guy that's going, walking down the, you know, the church hallway. And all of a sudden, you know, he doesn't see you looking at him. He reaches down and he picks up a piece of paper because it's laying on the floor, right? It's a guy, it's those qualities in a person that, that treats the things of God, the talents of God, the gifts of God, and in, in, in a way that it's unmistakably clear, they are trying for excellence in everything. Right. There's an integrity to it, too, that they recognize they have a gift that needs to be cultivated and they have a gift that needs to be honored. That's right. You know, God gives people gifts, and that is why there are people in different fields of industry and, and entertainment and sports and, and education, all the rest, where they do so well at those things because they're... They have a skill. You know, there's people who are counselors who should never be a counselor because they just don't have the skill. That's right. You know, they might have gone to school for it. They did. But there's 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 a there's a skillfulness in what they're passionate about, what they're wired for. So so, great point. so people in their life have recognized, boy, you're a great leader. You know, you just do really well at this. And and that encouragement can lead to personal discipline to say, I'm going to work at this and work at this and work at this until I'm better at it. And and it is recognizing, again, the gift that we've been entrusted with. And, and so many people, you know, we, we, we say this, man, it's just such wasted potential, yes. right? Why is it wasted potential? Because they had a gift. They had insight into things, a talent. Their mind was wired to see things from, you know, from point A to point B a certain way that was just perfect. And instead, they, they spend it, their energy on other things, you That's know, right. and they completely neglect that gift. And so right. it is so important for us to... You know, if, if we know that we've been called to be a leader, to cultivate those skills that God has given you to be the kind of leader that you are. That's right. And and as a pastor who's responsible and yourself as well is responsible for really finding those indicators in people, because mm-hmm. we're, we're here to raise up the next generation of church leaders, right? Um, as you look out, when you see those talents that are there, and as you had mentioned so, so perfectly— and 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 you're looking at going, man. There, there, there's something in that that isn't right. There's a waste. They're they're not really. Here's what oftentimes accompanies that, Keith, and that is slothfulness, mm. right? If 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 they are slothful in 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 their honing of their own gifts and committing everything to the Lord. The chances are very good that if they were to become a leader, they would be slothful as well in the things pertaining to the house of God and the ministry of God. And so these, again, these are quiet qualities that reside in the person behind closed doors when no one's looking. And you're as a leader, you're looking to raise people up and you're going, ha, I see somebody who is skilled at playing the harp or skilled at, at, you know, at their instrument. And that's something that Jesus addressed, you know, that when we're faithful in the small things that God will entrust us with bigger things, you know, 
the second point that you made uh, in this article about the signs of a good leader are that they are a man of valor or a man of war. Kind of elaborate on that. This is definitely a very Old Testament way of describing David. David was, in fact, a soldier, a man of war. But we're not all soldiers. We're not all going to war, you know. So so how does this translate? Right. So if, if if you're a man of valor outwardly, you're a soldier outwardly, you have got an inward resolve and an inward bravery. Mm-hmm. You, you have got this character trait that says, look, um, when it comes time to fight for what needs to be fought for, I'm not backing down. I'm going to go through the hard things, right? I'm not, I'm not going to be the one that, that talks about the battle and talks about the war so, so we can you know, all get amped up. And then I put the suit on and I go out and I grab the gun. And as soon as a bullet starts flying, I turn around and run away because I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This isn't, this isn't what I signed up for. A man of valor, a man of war is somebody who has the spirit inside them that says, bring it. You know, we're spiritually speaking, bring it, whatever may come, Lord, if you have called us like, like Jonathan, I love the picture of Jonathan when he grabs his armor bearer and he says, look, I don't know what God's going to do here, but it just might be that God wants to, wants to save through just you and I. So, so let's go over to this hill and he looks up and he sees the Philistines. He says, here's the deal. If we jump out and they say, Hey, you know, come up here, then, you know, we, we, we know that God's given them Mm -hmm. to us. And if they say, we'll come down, we're out. Right. And so what does he do? He steps out and, and you see this valor and this bravery that says there is no hill and there is no incline and there is no enemy embedded in that hill or incline that is able to beat back the work of God. And, right. and when you see that type of thing in its in its infancy stage in a leader, it's that type of heart that says, look, at, let, let's do this. I'm not afraid. I mean, if this is what you want to do, let's go, let's go conquer. God can do anything. And when hard times come, Keith, this is the key, when hard times come, into that person's life they are not rolling back they are not running into a corner i mean the first sign that you probably shouldn't have chose saul is when you went to look for him he was hiding in the tent (laughs) (laughs) where's the king to be oh he's in the tent right he's hiding that that's not a good sign when you want to choose a leader that they're a valiant man they have valor and they have they have bravery yeah, and it's a confidence for the Christian born out of faith in God, knowing who God is. You know, taking on that promise for yourself that says, if he is in me, who can be against me? You know, if he is for mm. me, who can be against me? And greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. It's that confidence that God is above all. And by putting my trust and faith in him, I can find the courage. That's right. You know, and Joshua was confronted that multiple times, especially in the beginning of be strong and have good courage for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. That's Knowing right. that we're not a lo- alone helps us to 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 choose that that courage and that confidence. You know, from that point, you also mentioned that David here was described as as a man who is prudent in speech, mm-hmm. um, and and that is being discerning and careful in what we say. Like That's the, right. Just the, know, understanding and knowing the power of words. That's right. He was very careful around Saul and sure. very careful with what he said. Um, because he knew that his words could have an impact not only on his life, but it could have an impact on a lot of different people's lives. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the important things about in, in looking at people who, who were perhaps going to lay hands on to be leaders is how do they handle their self? How do they handle their tongue? How do they speak you know, of perhaps if they're married? How do they speak of their wife in mm. private? That's, I can't tell you how many times I've heard men start to say bad things about their wife. And, and honestly, I, I will stop at that point. I'll say, well, man, you're, you're, you're way out of line. How do they talk about their quote unquote friends? How do they talk about other people? How do they mm-hmm. talk about other churches, other pastors? You know, how, how is that speech 
related, you know, to people, are they guarding their tongue? Because here's why this is important, Keith. It shows self-control. Right. And if they don't have self-control in their speech and, and they're, they're going off in all these different directions, the chances are that lack of self-control, which is a fruit of the Holy Spirit, will actually manifest itself in other ways that we may not be able to see at, at that moment. And what you see in David, you see a man who was learning how to be one that controlled himself, you know, for the glory of God, that, that he, he was, he was a man of skill. So obviously he was a man of discipline. Uh, he was courageous in war, right? He had to, he had to find and develop that own courage for himself. And here he had to learn when to speak and when to keep his mouth shut. He had hmm. to know when to keep a confidence, right? And when it was time to say something publicly. And and prudent in speech is definitely not something that just comes naturally to any of us. That's right. We have to be flooding our minds and filling our hearts with a wisdom that comes from above. So that way, when it's time to speak, we're not saying things that sound like they're coming from below. <laughs> That's right. In fact, when, when, when it was... Um, um, Gosh, the young man that was running along the side of the road cursing David, right? Mm -hmm. David could have very easily cursed back, but there, there was there was this control in himself that said, you know what, leave him alone. You know, I think it was his general even said, you want me to go take this guy's head? And he said, you know, I think it was Shimei. And he said, um, no, leave Shimei alone and God would deal with him later. But but there's a self-control that, that's prevalent in his rulership and his leadership as mm -hmm. well. Yeah, and that wisdom to control our words uh, can keep us out of a lot of trouble, but it, at the right time, words spoken at the right time uh, can open a lot of doors of opportunity for us. You're listening to Shouts of Grace Radio with Pastor Steve Pearson and Keith Radke. At Shouts of Grace Radio, we're thankful for the encouragement from Key Radio, reaching Utah on the airways with good news of eternal life from their station in Provo, Utah. Key Radio can be found online at keyradio.org, and your support of Key Radio makes programs like Shouts of Grace Radio possible. Now, let's join Pastor Steve and Pastor Keith for the conclusion of today's conversation. So the next thing that you talk about when it comes to David's life as an example uh, of, of a good leader, someone who they have these things developing in them before they actually achieve the position of leadership or the title of leadership. Um, you mentioned uh, skillful in playing, a man of valor, and prudent in speech, you talk about being a man of good presence or a person of good presence. Um, what, what does that What does that mean for us, especially as Christians? You know, last episode we talked about humility, right? You know, <laughs> so what are we talking about? Somebody who's you know kind of head and shoulders above the rest, kind of confident, kind of cocky in the room. When we talk about a man of good presence, what are we talking about? Well, at first glance, it kind of it kind of seems you know a, a little a little a little bit of the opposite of what we read earlier on in the chapter where. You know, God, God looks at the heart, man mm -hmm. looks at the outward, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like, well, you know, what's going on here? Well, here, here's the reality. You know, when we talk about a person of, of, you know, a man of good presence, um, outwardly speaking, I mean, the inward side, it's a given, right? He has to have character, but outwardly speaking, let's take practically a person who, who's, you know, we're looking at perhaps being a leader and they carry themselves very messy, Right they're, they're they carry themselves the way they dress is kind of, you know, inappropriate. Maybe it's maybe it's, you know, they, they don't have the discernment to wear the right things at the right time, because let's be honest. I mean, yeah, God looks at 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 the at the heart for sure. 
But but if we we can also be a stumbling block too mm. to people if we walk in and we've got a, a tank top and, and short shorts on a Sunday morning and we're teaching them flip flops because you know because hey we're we're free in Christ right, right. that might be fine on on, on at the church at, on the beach at Maui right but but when you're you know in twelve degree weather it, you know it, it's just there's an appropriateness that right. does speak and and I think there is some cultural sensitivity to this as well if if, if I walk into a foreign mission field and what's cultural appropriate um, is is that I dress a certain way I'm going to want to look so I don't look a certain way so I don't stumble them and I think here's the point oftentimes the way we carry ourselves outwardly is a reflection of what we do inwardly mm. and if I'm if I'm a mess outwardly and I don't have this attitude I don't care I don't comb my hair I don't brush my teeth I I wear things that are weird my my car is a mess my house is a mess everything is just a disaster that that speaks to really a, a deeper issue that maybe this person is unorganized. Maybe this person is. And so though it's not the thing we look at, it is something that we pay attention to. It's an indicator. It, it's it's an indicator for sure. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's a lot of good resources out there on just leadership in general, not just church leadership. We're definitely talking about biblical principles for leadership that work well in the church, but they also work well in other circumstances. A good leader is going to know what they're going into and respond appropriately. A man of good presence or a woman of good presence is going to show up to the wedding or the funeral properly dressed. That's right. right. And so learning the situation before we go into it as much as possible also helps us to be, you know, a man or a woman of good presence to walk into an environment prepared for that environment. Wouldn't you say it, wouldn't you say also it perhaps maybe speaks to a discernment issue? Sure. You know? Yeah. There's a lot of folks that just don't know that you, you don't wear Nike high tops to a formal black tie dinner, right? You just don't (laughs) know. I've seen people do it, you know, but it's just, it's, you know, what is a, what is a formal black tie dinner? You know? Yeah. 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 It's not a t-shirt and a black tie, right? Right. It's it's the suit. (laughs) It's everything. So yeah, I, I do think you're right. Discernment because discernment doesn't mean you know about everything. It means that there is this little thing that says, hey, are you ready for this? And yes. you, know, you know, let me find out if I'm ready for this. You know, am I ready to, to go into that hospital room and to minister to that person? Am I ready to go to that executive board meeting, you know, to, yeah. to address the people that I'm going to address with both confidence and humility and respect? You yeah. Know? You know, the, the, every situation requires a certain level of discernment and a good leader, I think, is going to have that, that, that ability. And it's also a gift of the yeah. spirit, a gift of discernment. Yeah, I agree. In fact, I'll tell you this one time I got in, I was going out to lunch with this, this Christian gentleman and I got into his car, into the passenger seat. And, and, you know, I'm not talking about having to move a cup, coffee cup out of your, out of your way or a pair of headphones like you had to do today with my car. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking, there was, there was food that, was in the car for weeks and there was trash everywhere. And this was just, and I walked in and I'm, and I'm pushing stuff off the seat. Like, like there's Coke stains and there's crumbs and there's food. And it's just, and, and when I see that, the first thing that comes to my mind is this person doesn't realize the gifts that they've mm. been given because they're treating them the way that they're treating them, Very you know? Good. And and now if I take that into a leader and I say, well, what about when we get into the church? How are they going to treat those microphones? How are they going to treat those speakers? How are they going to treat those chairs? How are they going to treat those people? And so it, it does go deep and it does speak to deeper mm. issues of the heart. That's good. And that is really where I think leadership begins is in the heart. That's you know, right. so many people, we, 
you know, they're achieving, they're striving, they're trying to grasp a position and a title and all the, you know, the power that goes with it. But they're not, they're not recognizing the need to cultivate the heart That's and right. to let God do that heart work. So as, as we conclude today's broadcast, we've been talking about the signs of a good leader, signs that you can see that are evident even before they ever become a true leader. And, and, and uh, you mentioned that David from 1 Samuel 16, 18, he was skillful in playing. He was a man of valor, prudent in speech, a man of good presence. Finally, you said something, and this is very important, and the Lord was with him. That's the most important, because here's the reality. If all the other stuff is true, but the Lord is not with you, you might just have a charismatic leader that is not filled with the Spirit. Mm. And that is absolute um, just a, a train wreck for a church, right. right? And the fact that the fact that God was with David was demonstrated from the beginning, from from the way that he was chosen, from how that he operated when and, and how he operated with Saul. I mean, it was very clear because Saul validates that God was with him. Right. Saul was after his life. Saul was threatened. His kingdom, his rule was threatened by David because he realized that God had departed from him, or at least at minimum, had definitely fallen upon David. He listened to the songs of the women. He watched the people rallying around David, and everything that David was doing and touching was becoming evident that God was with him. And with every example that God was with him, it threatened Saul even more. And so that that's is extremely important, Keith, is that we want to look for people in our church that we can see, hey, this person, I can't explain it, but God is with them. When what he does, God is with them. And, and, and how is God ultimately with that person? Because there is a holiness inside of them. Mm-hmm. They have cultivated a holiness. When I say God is with a person, that means that I can see they got a connection with the Lord. When we talk about them and we walk down the halls and just say randomly, hey, what did God show you today? They, they, they don't give us a shallow answer. They, they, they have a depth to their answers because they've right. been spending time with the Lord. That is a that is a key part of choosing a leader because if they're not if the lord isn't with them then you're going to have big problems in your church well and how we behave before the lord ultimately will drive how we behave before people if we're if we're honest with god we'll be honest with people if we're um you know ministering to the lord personally we're going to minister to people if we see ourselves uh, you know in light of god's greatness from a place of humility then we'll be humble when we're around people, we don't see ourselves as higher than others. We don't see ourselves as better than others. Even if we, you know, by comparison, by earthly comparison, we've achieved more, we've accomplished more. We're still in a place of humility where we say, you know what? I, I, my security comes from my time spent with God, not from the validation of, of people on my leadership position. So this is definitely, you know, uh, a great application for those of us uh, who are pursuing leadership in ministry. But I think also there's some really good principles here for leadership in any situation that, that again, just as a, a recap, recap from first Samuel 16, 18, behold, I have seen the son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, David, who is skillful in playing the harp, a man of valor, a man of war, prudent in speech, and a man of good presence. And the Lord is with them. All these qualities are qualities that uh, not only should we be looking for in ourselves, and not only would we be looking for in choosing leaders in our particular organization, but these are the things that God honors. These are the things Amen. that God is looking for as well. That's right. That's right. As we conclude this, Keith, I, I want to, I just want to jump off of piggyback off of what you said, because I think you brought up an excellent point 
Um, this isn't just choosing church leadership. This really is, I think, in choosing friendships and choosing leaders at your work. And, and here's why. These are character issues. This is what we're talking about. And, and, and when God works on the character of a person and he brings forth, extracts character and brings it to the surface, that should be evident. And listen, God rewards that. God chooses those people. I mean, Scripture even says, you know, that God searches to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself, on, show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are are turned towards him. And when we look at a people, a person who has these qualities, that is indicative of a person whose heart has been turned towards God. Oh, that's really great. Well, we've been talking about the signs of a good leader, and we hope that today's conversation has encouraged you not only in how to look for good leadership, but how to be a good leader right where God has placed you in your life. That's all the time we have for today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio. It's been good to be with you. Good to be with you today, Pastor Steve. Likewise, brother. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio. Practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson and Pastor Keith Radke. We hope you've been encouraged to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. If today's conversation encouraged you in your journey following and learning more about Jesus, we would love to hear from you. You can visit us online at shoutsofgraceradio.com. That's shoutsofgraceradio.com. At ShoutsOfGraceRadio.com, you can listen to all of our episodes, share them online with your friends, and find out more about Pastors Steve and Keith. Shouts of Grace Radio is an outreach of Redemption Hill Church located in Eagle Mountain, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on today's show, and from all of us at Shouts of Grace Radio, it is our prayer that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ.